Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Church of Roy, a sports drink original podcast. Morning today's show may include adult language. And here are your hosts, Brian Wilcox and Steve Ewald. Welcome everybody back to the Church of Roy podcast. I'm your host, Steve Dewald. I have my voice is back. I am hopefully still COVID free. Took a test last week, negative. Uh, I think it's just that seasonal cold comes in. Um, and now cold scared the shit out of you. So welcome to the COVID world. So um, I'm feeling better, feeling good. Um, forgot to turn my Ring app off again, so I apologize if anybody's reaching for their phone right now. Um, Bush League. <laughs> anyway, as always, I am joined by our co-host, Brian Wilcox. Brian, how are you doing today? Thanks for holding it down last weekend. Yeah, and yeah, you know, we did what we could on a little short notice, you being out. Um, hopefully people enjoyed the little different taste last week and i think we're back more to our kind of normal normal vibe here so excited to talk to you man i do want to clear my name the john crotty card does exist i just have not mailed it to you so it it, it mm-hmm. does mm-hmm. i've sent you a picture of it so don't act like you haven't seen it so i, I did i didn't run a google image search on that so <laughs> you could have pulled that from anywhere i don't know that would be a very elaborate scheme, but you know, at I, wouldn't, that point, I wouldn't put it past you. you I, have to, I would not. You have to credit me at that point. So, yeah, fair. You know, it's crazy to think I was just talking to Perry before we went on air. We're like a week away from everybody being in camp. Um, it's looks like the majority of the team is here. They're practicing, they're, they're doing team activities. It, it's crazy to think that, you know, we really kind of blew through the off season. We've had Blazer news consistently throughout this offseason. Just today, we'll get it out of the way at the top of the show. Um, Blazers go out, bring another guy to camp, Quinn Cook, uh, point guard, spend some time with the Golden State Warriors, I think with the Lakers last year. Um, Just, you know, really good shooter, competent guard, played on some winning teams, just kind of on the fringe of the league right now. Um, Really adding intrigue to the competition in camp. Now we have two front court players competing against each other in – in Marquise Chris and Patrick Patterson. And then in the backcourt, you have Dennis Smith Jr. And, and Quinn Cook. So uh, what do you make uh, of the four that they're bringing now to camp? It seems like it's, there's definitely NBA guys in camp, which we haven't always seen from Portland. So 
I think it's going to be a great competition to snag, you know, what was it one or two roster spots that are, mm-hmm. they're still potentially depending on how many des- they decide to carry. I think it's great. I hope they at least grab one of those big guys. I think I'm leaning more Patrick Patterson just because I think he can play a little more center in a pinch if you needed him to, but you know, I, I still would have liked to see him bring in kind of more of a traditional point guard, but um, I, I like it. There's, it's going to be competitive. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I, I'm interested to see, like you said, you kind of hinted at it. How many players are they going to actually bring onto this team? Are they going to carry a 15 man roster out of the gate, which is something we haven't seen this team do for a few years. Mm-hmm. So I, I, you know, I start to think, you know, maybe you invite one or two guys, maybe you're only, your only intention is to fill one. But I think when you invite four people and there is a competition at two spots, maybe you really are intent on, on adding, you know, uh, carrying a full roster. And, and maybe it is the, you know, the shortened season, they've already put a first round pick into a trade for Larry Nance Jr. So maybe there isn't as much focus on, you know, pulling another mid season deal. And I, typically that's what we've always heard is why they keep that roster spot open so they can do a lopsided trade. But I I don't know. I still think, like, I won't let the Kevin Love dream die. <laughs> and so I think they are going to carry the open roster spot uh, and just hope that Kevin Love and the Cavs get a buyout deal done. Hey, guys, it's Perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the Church of Roy called Spotify Green Room. Green Room is a live audio-only platform that is free to download and super easy to use. You can talk to sports fans, insiders, athletes, and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. Yeah, I don't I don't really see a you hit on it where the flexibility for a trade is kind of gone unless unless you're just moving uh, one for ones or something like that player for player but that buyout market maybe they want to keep that spot open just in case someone pops up Mm -hmm. so before we kind of get into like so the season's here so that means the player rankings are coming out we're going to get to that in a second before we get into that i really want to dive into i I think was one of the more interesting articles we've seen come across out of the blazers blazer (laughs) land as far as jason quick and the athletic had a big feature on the relationship between Yusuf Nurkic and Chauncey Billups and about how Nurk is just hyped to come back this season. Um, I also found it funny. Maybe I missed it. If, if I did, maybe Brian, you caught it, but you did a whole article on Nurkic and Billups and you didn't mention that both players are represented by clutch. So uh, I didn't see that in the article, but I, I thought that was an interesting angle to overlook, but um Basically, I'll get to some of the points that stood out for me. Basically, Nurk, it's it's led on to believe that, you know, he was really unhappy with his role last year, uh, said he bit his tongue at some things, wanted to be kind of set free on defense, play more aggressive. Um, a lot of drama, he's saying. He played joyless basketball last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of gets into the relationship. He, you know, Chauncey Billups is talking about Nurk from his opening inter- – press conference and his opening comments about the team um when nurk arrived back to the states he had a 45 minute to an hour conversation with billups about what is going to go on this season and nurk goes on to say you know being paired up with chauncey billups is the best thing since damian lillard came into his life which that's pretty high praise for when you consider where nurkic was when he came to the blazers um 
says he's playing in a, a better place mentally last year. And it wasn't so much about his conditioning last year. It was more of, you know, dealing with the passing of his grandmother and some of the co like just living in a, in, in the COVID world basically. And that, that was the setback. Um, obviously not a lot of nice things said about Terry Stotts, even though he's not mentioned by name by Nurk, but it, it's very clear that he was unhappy with how the coaching regime utilized him last year. Brian, what do you make of the article and what kind of stood out for you? First of all, you know, excellent article by quick. If you haven't read it on the athletic, go check it out. One of the better reads, I think of the summer, as far as blazer news is concerned. Um, for me, I was, I was just a little surprised. I mean, the way he talked in his kind of postseason uh, interview was not exactly glowing. And he, and he talked about how, you know, he didn't know if he'd be back. And there's just, I think, until that point, I didn't realize how unhappy he truly was. And this article just kind of reinforced um, that unhappiness. And I, I was a little surprised it was that level where he didn't have joy. For Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.com. Dot edu slash podcast for basketball he quote didn't know what the hell was going on with all the drama and stuff and it took me by surprise a little bit i, I didn't know that it was quite to that level mm -hmm. i there was an interesting quote from billups that that i kind of picked up on especially when you're talking in the context like i mentioned that both these guys our clutch clients, Rich Paul for use of mm -hmm. Nurkic, the, you know, the front guy, I don't know who his direct contact is. And then Andy Miller, who is Billups's agent who works for clutch. Um, Billups said this though. And I thought this was interesting, especially when you're putting in context uh, his season ahead of him. And he said, I've been on him about things I need. I need, I've been on him about things I need from him. Billups said, I said, Nurk, I know you were going to be a free agent and I understand you have to have a great year. You need four, you need me for you to have a great year and I need you for us to have a good year. We need each other. Right. And yes, it's very clear. Like obviously these two guys need each other, but I think it's just, you know, maybe synergy from the clutch group uh, as far as everybody's on board and mm -hmm. we're going to play, you know, we're going to play to our strengths here and we're going to put on a good image for the team. And, and this is mutually beneficial for both parties as far as Billups easing into a head coaching role and then Nurk hitting the open market last year. You know, it's, it's more, you know, he's acknowledging he's in a contract year. There's not a lot of talk of future commitment to the Blazers, which I mean, there's a time and a place for that. And that's mm -hmm. not really a conversation you're having with a coach, but that did stand out to me, especially when you're talking about 
you know, the, the unsung thing about that whole article is that, you know, these two guys are represented by the same people. He was, he was very clear that it's a contract year for him. <laughs> yeah. He went as far as to say that players play their best, oftentimes play their best basketball in their contract year, which is kind of like an unspoken mm-hmm. thing you see throughout the league. But for him yeah. just to come out and say it, it was kind of like, holy shit, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, a little like you, you know, you don't say that. We all know yeah. that you might put a little more effort in, but I don't know. I, you know, I think for Billups, I like his methods here um it's a good call out that they do share the same um representation group but you know Nurkic having a good year is kind of low-hanging fruit as far as the Blazers improving um they mentioned in the article that they're 135 and 81 over the last five seasons when he plays and they're below 500 when he doesn't and so Mm. it's pretty clear that keeping Nurk um you know coming into shape with or coming into camp in shape which hopefully you know good conditioning leads to a healthy year mm-hmm. um and just having him completely engaged i think is is huge for this team and their success over the course of the year and so i really like how he, billups is just kind of trying to puff him up i think nurk almost needs like that stimulus to to go mm-hmm. out there and really whoop ass where a guy like dame he's coming out 10 out of 10 every night no matter what's going on sometimes i think nurk is a little more affected by those outside factors either way and the fact that Billups is just really trying to kind of motivate him and, and keep him engaged, I think is a great move. For me, and I don't know, this might just be the, the negative Nancy that I can be sometimes, but I do find that some of it is contradictory to this idea that so much about the Blazers' improvements on defense are going to come not from the personnel changes, but the idea and mentality about accountability. And I think sometimes when the Nurkic-Stotts relationship really strained, it was we, we were accustomed to seeing a couple times Nurkic getting benched in big minutes mm-hmm. and him, you know, Stotts pulling him from a game when he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And, you know, that's accountability. So I'm interested to see, you know, how they tow this line here. And I, it's going to be fascinating. I think the Nurkic thing, I mean, obviously we've been real bullish on his idea of a contract here on this podcast. Summer of Nurk. Um, I, I will say finally imparting, I think for Stott, like I think it's easy to pile on Stotts here, but also, you know, Nurk wasn't in the lineup and it's hard for them to like really embrace this aggressive scheme when you don't know if he's going to be there. And your, your other option is Ennis Cantor where like, you absolutely cannot play an aggressive style with Ennis Cantor. Like you just got to put him near the basket and pray. Like that's basically yeah. what you're doing. So I, that that's kind of my final thoughts on, on that whole thing. I'm with you. And when you get to that aggressive style that he wanted to play, I don't know if he's always earned the right to be that aggressive with some of his foul issues in the past. And just to kind of echo the accountability piece and how this goes long-term this is most certainly the honeymoon stage. I'm kind of curious mm-hmm. here and, you know, late January or something, he has a stretch of games where he's getting eight shots a game and he's being maybe asked to be a little more conservative on defense. Does this yeah. just turn into a complete repeat? And so I think that's a theme we're going to follow throughout the year, not just with Nurkic and um, kind of his attitude towards the coaching, but just the, the theme of accountability in general is going to be a kind of a fascinating watch, you know, especially when it comes to the backcourt and defense. So I think that's a thread we'll kind of follow throughout the course of the season. So let's, we're going to touch on Nurk here in a quick second. 
So Sports Illustrated and ESPN have started to release their top 100 players. Now, as of recording, these lists are not complete. Um, Sports Illustrated, I think, is down to number 30 on their list, and ESPN has done their first 50. Um, I want to talk about just the, some of the differences we're seeing between these two and putting this in context to what this means overall for the ceiling potentially for this team. So Sports Illustrated is a little bit nicer to the Blazers here. So through number 30, we have Larry Nance Jr. at 98. So I can't really remember, and I could be mistaken. I probably didn't do enough homework, but I don't remember the last time the kind of the sixth man for the Blazers made one of these lists. Number 92 is Norman Powell, which we'll get to that in a second. Number 80 is Robert Covington. Number 65 is Yusuf Nurkic. And then today in, in one of the new parts of the article, number 38 is CJ McCollum. Mm -hmm. ESPN. Pretty clearly, unless somehow Larry Nance Jr. cracks the top 50, is not going to be part of this list. So number 100 is Norman Powell, Robert Covington, number 89, and Yusuf Nurkic, number 74. So you're not going to see Larry Nance on the ESPN list. I want to start with Norman Powell. And I don't, I mean, we've made it very clear. This is a very norm-friendly podcast. I just think it's too low. Like, I, I like... I don't know if pundits look at, at where he's playing in relation to his position on the Blazers and he's playing out of position and that they mark him down for that. But there's very few, like it's hard for me to really look at this list and like on the ESPN list, especially you have John wall at number 85 and you have Tim Hardaway jr. Ahead of Norman Powell, which yep. in my mind, I just don't see those two guys being more useful than the Norman Powell and like John Walls sure shit isn't more useful than Norman Powell and Robert Covington according to ESPN's list so I I just think I I would assume he's getting knocked because he's playing out of position because he's just so useful and he's not a problem on either end of the court you can leave him out there in every situation and there's some guys ranked ahead of him that you can't say the same for so Brian what stands out to you on this list or, or any thoughts on Norm I think Norm's too low. I mean, especially 100 on ESPN is just kind of asinine, in my opinion. I don't, I don't think he should be 50 by any means or, mm -hmm. or anywhere that high. I think in the 80s is probably pretty fair, just at a precursory glance at both lists. I, you know, I thought like the early to mid 80s at, at the very least. So um, I don't know. Maybe he's, a, maybe he's a bulletin board material guy and he can hang this yeah. in his locker and, and, and go out and – Show them that they've they've erred. I mean, Norm, Norm is the same guy who said that he definitely read Dylan Brooks's comments last season when the Grizzlies hung two losses on the Blazers and were going for a three game sweep. So another I, guy who's, I mean, just for for reference, like, mm -hmm. I mean, Brooks is seventy eight, and yeah. so if you're asking me who I'd rather have, I, you know, I'd, I'd probably maybe I lean Norm because I'm a little bit of a homer, but the difference between those guys is very slim and it's certainly not 22 spots on ESPN's list so zooming out of the overall league do you agree with the hierarchy as far as the Blazers go specifically with the SI list Nance Powell Rocco Nurkic CJ that that's do you agree with that order of as far as how they're ranking relative to their importance to the Blazers um do you agree with that list? I, maybe importance is the wrong thing because I think Nurkic is probably the most important of the group. If he's on the floor, I think this is a much different team, but yeah, I, I don't know. Do you agree with that? I guess we'll start there. I think in a vacuum, um, most certainly the, that, that hierarchy feels right to me. Um, I, I just think that what Covington brings defensively is also underrated in this list. Um, 
he kind of got knocked for ESPN about can he regain his offensive impact. And I thought he was, you know, a star in his role. He, he shot extremely well. He only averaged eight and a half points, but it's not like he had a ton of opportunities. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm, I'm on board with the hierarchy as far as these players and their abilities in a vacuum. It's been well discussed on this pod um, that I think that Nurkic is the second most important player on the team just because of what he brings and mm-hmm. and what other he does a lot of things other guys can't where cj has some redundant skills so um again in a vacuum yeah i agree with that i think you could maybe make the case norm over covington just because norm's offensive output is that much better but mm-hmm. we you know i i think covington's ability to play weak side help as a you know long lengthy uh four is is extremely crucial in today's in today's league so that was the argument I was going to go to next. And as far as Covington goes, I think it's important when you're looking at his offensive numbers from last year is that you isolate him. He was so cold to start the year. And then when you look at how he performed, you know, from February on, I want to say, mm-hmm. his numbers are drastically different. He's way more efficient. He's knocking down those three-point shots. I mean, the guy could not buy a three-pointer for a while. Yep. So, but I do think, there is a compelling argument to say, and like, this is just me going on my norm ran again. I think there's a compelling argument to make that norm might be more important or at least better than Robert Covington, as far as, and as far as a one-on-one matchup where their size is kind of similar, where you're asking a guy to lock someone down. I trust Norman Powell more than I trust Robert Covington as a team defender. I, I, Robert Covington is excellent, but as far as a lockdown situation, especially on the wing, as long as he's not giving up too much size, I like Norman Powell in that matchup. Offensively, the ball lands in Norman Paul <laughs> Norman Powell's hand. Uh, his name is Robert Paulson. <laughs> but anyway, if it land, the ball lands in Norman Powell's hands, I trust him more in the corner or from the three-point line than Robert Covington. I think both players can be efficient, but I just like Norman Powell there. So I'll be interested to see how that battle works out this year as far as future investment goes i mean obviously the blazers are invested in norm for the long haul and i wouldn't be surprised if his role even increases even more this season hey guys it's perry here to tell you all about the brand new app we've been using here in the church of roy called spotify green room green room is a live audio only platform that is free to download and super easy to use you can talk to sports fans insiders athletes and even executives all in real time. And hey, the Church of Roy will be there live bright and early on Saturdays at 8 a.m. Pacific. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS or Android app store. Get it up, peeps. And I think it's a fair argument. For me, I, it goes to just the size and having a guy of Covington's size who can stick the three. You know, he, he ended up shooting just shy of 38% last year after a horrid start. So, you know, he, he, show, he showed he's come back and actually shoot at above an above average clip while still providing excellent team defense. I, I just think he's a guy you could throw on any squad and he makes them just a little bit better. For sure. Um, I'm happy with the list. I am interested to see one where CJ McCollum lands on ESPN's list. Will it be higher or lower? We've seen CJ McCollum really land high on that ESPN list before. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see where he's going to be at. Um, and then also for the SI's list and for ESPN's list, I'm interested to see where Dame falls in with some of these players. And, you know, is he still a bona fide, you know, top eight player? Um, it'll be really interesting to see as far as how they kind of place the point guards at the top of this league and where Dame falls in line with that. 
When it um, comes to CJ, I'm curious to see if how much stock they put in his start to last year where he was shooting 11 threes a game and kind of the rest of the year where, when I don't think he was ever totally right health-wise. And so I'll be curious to see if they give him a little bit of credit for, you know, predicting that he's going to come back healthy and, and closer to the – a little closer to that start of the year he had last year mm-hmm. and how that can impact his ranking. So – Moving past the list, I don't think it would be an off-season podcast unless we talk about Ben Simmons. So oh, yeah. Be- before we recorded or before we went in to record this, um, the news kind of today on the NBA universe was uh, Ben Simmons is not showing up to training camp. He is aware that he will pay a fine. It will hit him in the pocketbook. Um, doesn't really care. So I'm really like – very we don't really see this very often where another like a player just basically calls the team's bluff and says i'm not showing up i think you're going to see ben sim like any hope that the sixers have that they're going to recoup some trade value from ben simmons i think is clearly out the door here like Mm -hmm. i I think they're going to be lucky to salvage you know future assets here i think you might be looking at just getting a piece that makes sense at some point where we're going to get to CJ McCollum in a second. Um, I guess we'll get to it right now. Our friends at Odds Checkers just just went around to all these sports books, kind of checked in on where these prop bets are. Um, the Blazers are runaway favorites to land Ben Simmons. Now, this is a sports book. This is a betting line. This doesn't mean that it's based on any rumors or any reports out there. But Vegas likes the idea of Ben Simmons to Portland so much so that it's they're minus 120 to get Ben Simmons. So now you're basically, if you're looking at a percentage, 54% chance that the Blazers would land Ben Simmons. You're not going to get equal money on your bet at this point. Um, the Rockets come in next at plus 250, and then the Wolves at plus 325. Um, kind of crazy to see, especially when the Blazers have been really quiet on this front, which maybe that is saying something. Brian, what do you make of the Ben Simmons situation so far? And do you agree with Vegas as far as how these lines are coming in? Well, I always listen to Vegas, but I'll get into that. <laughs> um, you know, this whole thing's just kind of a disaster. I think it's the biggest fiasco since James Harden. And even Harden, I think, showed up to camp. Granted, he was yeah, over, overweight and out of shape and was going to strip clubs all the time. But um, this is just wild for him to say he's not even going to show up. Kind of one thing I keep coming back to is that I like Daryl Morey. And I like a lot of the moves he's made, but I do not feel bad for him here. And the fact that he's the guy with the disgruntled superstar who might have to offload him for a less than ideal return is kind of like a little bit of a karma moment potentially for the guy. (laughs) And so I'm really curious to see how he manages it. Um, You know, conventional wisdom would say that they're going to get a trade done just so this isn't a season long distraction or, or, you know, kind of derails your first couple of months of the year. But, you know, Maury's a guy that hasn't always followed that beaten trail. So, you know, he, he might go into the year just hanging on to him and hoping that some team falls on their face and he's able to get a little more value than he is now. I'm, I'm just really fascinated how this turns out mm-hmm. as far as um, Vegas goes. I still don't see Portland lining up with them. Um, I, I wouldn't bet. I wouldn't take that bet. And I take a lot of bets, Steve. And I wouldn't. Take <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I'm definitely not betting that one. I'm not, you know, I'm not making any money on that bet. 
I'm not gonna bet the favorite there. But also, I think the Blazers have had enough shakeup as far as just the the Lillard roller coaster, the Billups higher roller coaster. Uh, I think they made their move. I think they went and got Larry Nance Jr. I think if CJ was available, we would have seen a deal already be made potentially. Yeah. Um, I am very interested to see how the league reacts to this, how player representation reacts to this, because everybody's so worried about when you see a player act in this way, that is this going to be a blueprint for the future? This is basically a player in Ben Simmons that has zero leverage here. He's under contract for a long time and he is trying to force his way out. And my thing is, is I don't know if Ben Simmons is barring like multiple titles. I don't see him ever recovering from this as far as like, this will always be mentioned near the top of his Wikipedia page. I feel like um, it's just what a disaster this was. And I'm interested to see is one, do other agents take a page from clutch here or does clutch take a page from their own experience and make sure this doesn't happen again. And also as an organization, just for them not to be on the same page here and take a problem and make seemingly make it worse at every turn, whether that be what doc Rivers said after, um, Mm-hmm. The rumors that were pretty loose coming out of what Daryl Morey's intentions were, and, and then Joel Embiid basically dousing the whole situation in gasoline when he thinks he's trying to put it out. Um, I'm really interested to see how this moves forward because I do think, as far as in regards to the Blazers go, I don't think it it directly impacts the Damian Lillard situation as far as it just lowers the bar of like what's acceptable. Like if Lillard ever it ever comes a day where he does want out the bar to clear as far as professionalism has been lowered so far by this Sixers Simmons situation. That is my only concern. And that's just like totally like me looking for a doomsday scenario. But when I do try to put it in context outside of is Ben Simmons a landing place for, or is the Blazers a landing place for Ben Simmons? I don't really think of it like that. I think of more of just how this is going to change how players ask for trades and how this league is aligned. Absolutely. I, I've always supported NFL players who hold out for a better deal, non-guaranteed contracts. They have a very short amount of time to get their money. This is completely wild for a guy that has a, you know, four years and $147 million left on his contract that is fully guaranteed to kind of behave like this is a little shocking. And um, yeah, it, it might set a precedent or it might be one of those things where to your point, everyone kind of, looks back and goes, God, remember when Simmons tried to, you know, yeah. kind of uproot the system and failed miserably or, you know, whatever. I, I, I think this could go away really quickly. If the trade does get done, I think they hang on to him. Um, to your point, just kind of circling back in the blazers and their involvement. Um, I'm, I'm with you where there's been maybe a little more change than people really. It feels right. Like we have a new mm-hmm. coach. There's some, definitely some new pieces around. Um, and then you look at the power rankings and the Blazers are so low. Something I've been thinking about for a while is that I really think Portland's getting ranked because you see him from 15 to, you know, in the 20s. Mm-hmm. It's like I really do think that Portland's getting ranked at closer to their floor than a lot of these other teams where they're seemingly a known product and this is how it's going to go. And all these other teams are getting elevated due to the potential of these teams getting together. Mm-hmm. I think Portland's shown that they should be ranked higher than they, they currently are in a lot of these power rankings. And I think that once they make 
you know, a few tweaks here and get everybody back healthy, they're going to show that pretty quickly. So mm-hmm. I'm with you in the fact that, you know, there's already been a lot of change and bringing this guy in right now might just be too much. Yeah. And another piece of this is I believe that isn't media day like next Monday, this mm-hmm. coming Monday, the, what would that be? Like the, the 27th. And mm-hmm. so I cannot, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of watching other teams' media days, but checking out the 76ers might be a little – it might be kind of fun to see the dumpster fire in action. It's going to be a little spicy in, in Philadelphia. And, I mean, that fan base has already really turned the page on the Ben Simmons chapter. I mean, that that news clip where they're showing Ben Simmons – this is Ben Simmons leaving town. It's like a dumpster floating down a river. It's <laughs> like it's over in Philadelphia. Like that, that situation is not going to get remedied. Um the last thing I kind of wanted to touch on here, and, I, and I'm sure I'm not alone with this, is as the season gets closer with the Blazers' new team, our, our new TV deal, they're going to Root Sports. Um, I, the streaming service I subscribed to for the last couple of years, um, does not carry Root Sports. So this last weekend, I gave it a trial run. Um, I went to DirecTV Stream. This is not an endorsement, but I did want to say. That, that is the avenue I'm trying. Fubo TV has also reached a deal. My issue with Fubo TV is, is they don't have TNT or the Turner Network. So, you know, you're looking at potentially a playoff situation where you're not going to be able to watch the Blazers if they, you know, God willing, get to the second round. As far as direct TV stream goes, my biggest gripe so far is, is I initially signed up. I signed up for the basic package, says it has sports. Um Root Sports not included in that. You have to go the one step up to the like the eighty some dollar package. Um, I was going to do it anyway. I, I'm very excited for not only the Blazers season but the Seattle Kraken season coming up. Um, both carried on Root Sports. I, it's just I'm very interested to see how this is all going to go as everybody makes this transition. Um, is it going to be as painful as we all think? Uh, are we going to be as unhappy as we are? I would love to see this be picked up on another streaming opportunity. Uh, outlet to give him more competition but i don't know not a problem you have in denver with 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 uh with uh uh what is it league pass so yeah thank god man um you know i also i have direct tv stream mm-hmm. and let me tell you before they recently made the change to direct tv stream it was like at&t tv mm-hmm. and so i've had this for a couple of years it was basically the streaming package it would both satisfy my need for sports and my girlfriend's need for reality tv <laughs> it was a good trade-off and so i've been dealing with it for a while i would say direct tv stream as far as the functionality again not a ringing endorsement here or anything but um it's a lot better than att tv att tv was a sack of crap and so i think they i think they just completely like abandoned that platform and didn't make any updates to it mm. while they were transitioning over so um, I've been okay with direct TV stream. It sucks. You had to do the, the upgrade package, but that's how, that's how they get you, man. My thing too, is I, what I will miss the most is my previous streaming platform had ESPN plus fully integrated into it in my channel lineup. Mm-hmm. I will miss that having to switch apps when I want to watch the most random sporting events on the planet, which I tend to find myself doing more often than not. Um, I am so excited because already I think most of us are in some of the boats where our fantasy teams are, are turning, taking a turn for the worse as far as football goes. So we are excited to get to the basketball season. Let's I'm ready to just stop talking about the off season 
and see this all in action, see how it all unfolds. Um, Brian, what are you looking for as we head into training camp? What do you, what, what's the big thing before we get there? I need to know who put on 15 pounds of muscle and is, is in the best shape of his life. That, that's gotta be mm-hmm. coming, right? That's like yep. the, the Zach Collins Memorial uh, article about how he's bigger, <laughs> stronger, and faster than he's yep. ever been before. I, I don't know who it's going to be this year, but I'm excited. I'm thinking if I had to guess, it might be Norm, but mm-hmm. I could also see a case for Nurk. Mm-hmm. We'll see when that article's written. Who, who, uh, yeah, it, just real on on Zach Collins. I mean, judging by the previous reports that we've seen come out of the offseason, Zach Collins is arriving in San Antonio roughly 500 pounds because he has put on 50 pounds every year he's been in the league. So, you know, I'm really hoping he keeps his weight under control, obviously. Um, Along with weight, we always find out, you know, who's suddenly got a three-point shot or -hmm. or who's been doing, you know, X, Y, Z, who's ready for a playmaking role. Um, I think we haven't seen the Anthony Simons hype piece yet. I would imagine that is coming shortly. So I would say – we're at some point we're going to hear that he's ready to take over lead guard duties and, and is poised for a big season. That that's my prediction. Also a candidate for the 15 pounds. Oh yeah. Oh, totally. I I kind of overlooked Anthony. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I'm just ready to hear. I'm ready for those, some articles on how Billups, how this camp's different from the last Mm -hmm. nine or whatever we had with Stotts and, and how everyone's looking and, you know, a lot of it's just bluster, I think, and doesn't really mean much at the end of the day. But I'm, I'm still need some content, Steve. I, I yeah. need some, I need some Trailblazer news, man. I'm, I'm excited for the year. So, in context to our podcast, um, uh, JJ Redick retired today, and, and why that's important is just it's kind of another guy from that class that Brandon Roy was in where I always kind of, you know, those are always kind of my touchstones as far as there was a lot of guys in that draft cast draft class that I really loved as far as Adam Morrison. I I think I watched every one of his games at Gonzaga. Um, JJ Redick, obviously the, the famous sports illustrated cover where it's both those goofballs on the cover. Um, But also, you know, Brandon Roy in there. And now we have, you know, LaMarcus Aldridge is, is back in the league. So, you know, JJ Redick, riding off into the sunset um another guy where you think about what brandon roy's career could have been and how long it could have been um to see those guys that he came into the league with finally retire and realize we're coming up on a decade since he's been waived by the blazers um or amnestied um it's kind of crazy to think about so when you put things in context of in the blazers multiverse are we having the the brandon roy retirement party you know earlier Mm. this offseason Hurts my heart. Yep. Yep. So on that bummer note. Yeah. <laughs> that, <laughs> great uplifting, uh, yeah. great uplifting note there, Steve. Appreciate yep. it. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't have anything from really from, from my, uh, my version of the Bill Simmons parent corner this week. My, my daughter has been a, a riot, but we both caught the same cold and she was just a sweetheart all, all week. So, um, you know, good week, good week to be a dad. Um, I'm I'm still not a father, and was in was at a bachelor party in uh, different different life again. Oh my god! Who goes who goes to a bachelor party in Hebner, Oregon? I do apparently. And uh, if you uh, ever want to know what a three wheeler loaded into a lifted Miata driving down the highway looks like, 
I can show you because I saw it. So, yeah, you sent me a picture of it and I was like immediately concerned for everybody's health as one should be when you're going to a bachelor party in Hepner, Oregon. Um, I'm glad to see, I'm glad to see you're alive. And when I heard from you that you'd made it out of Hepner, because of course, cell service, not a guarantee when you're out there. So, um, yeah, Eastern Oregon, go, go at your own risk. It was weird, man, but we had a good time. All right. It's enough rambling from us. Thank you, everybody who's listened um, through this offseason. We're almost here. We're almost to the season. We appreciate everybody who downloads, listens, likes, gives us five stars. We appreciate all the support. Um, that's it for me. Brian, you got anything before we go? Nope, just pumped for the season. Hope everyone else is too. We're going to be working really hard to get you guys some good content in our, in our standard uh, approach. So really <laughs> excited to um, go through the season together with you guys from, from the very beginning and hopefully deep into the playoffs. There we go. All right, everybody be safe. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Church of Roy podcast. If you like what you've heard, go ahead and subscribe to the show wherever you download your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Church of Roy Pod, and be sure to check out our live show on Spotify Greenroom every Saturday bright and early at 8 a.m. Pacific. <laughs>